It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 22nd, 2018. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy with you here on a Monday, a game day Monday. We'll talk a little bit about the Magic's game against the Boston Celtics. We'll recap their weekend games, uh, including their game against, mostly their game against the Philadelphia 76ers on Saturday. I'll have some comments about Nikola Vucevic, but probably more importantly, I'll have some comments about what Steve Clifford said and maybe what he didn't say or how short he was saying what he said after that game on Saturday. We're going to talk mostly about Saturday's game against the Philadelphia 76ers because there's not much to say about Friday's game against the Charlotte Hornets except that the Magic sucked. Uh, but before we do any of that, I do want to remind you that you can check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. If you're looking to learn a little bit more about the Celtics, the guys at Locked On Celtics do a fantastic job covering their team. Just like every host for the Locked On Podcast Network does a great job covering their individual teams. You can also check out the Locked On NBA podcast with special guests now, weekly guests, Ben Golliver from Sports Illustrated, Sam Amick from The Athletic. Great insight every day, every week on Locked On NBA. Just search for Locked On NBA on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. The place to begin, though, today is with the games that the Magic played over the weekend, games two and three of the NBA regular season. Uh, And very contrasting games. Uh, You know, I would say um, Friday night against Charlotte, um, Orlando 
showed their their dark side. Um, and by that, I mostly mean on offense. I thought generally the Magic's defense was fine. Um, at least in the first half, it was fine. Um, I thought that the team really gave good effort and and um, was committed to their principles, but they just could not get a shot to fall. And and some of it was they were rushing shots and and they were getting kind of sucked into the game that that they played a few weeks ago in the preseason against the San Antonio Spurs, where you just switch everything and there's no one to create. I mean, I think that's a general weakness that we understand this Magic team has. And so if they're not going to hit shots, you know, they're, they're going to have a tough time generating offense. And I think Orlando got stagnant and and too reliant on mid-range jumpers and, and, and forcing things. And I think that's the result you get, a 120-88 to 88 loss to the Charlotte Hornets. And it's really not even that it was a 120 to 88 loss. Um, I, I think the deficit really grew because the Magic simply um, couldn't sustain their defensive effort or they got discouraged by their poor uh, by their poor offense. And so their de- they let the defensive rope slip a little bit. Uh, again, I, I think there was a lot of fair criticism coming out of that game. Um, I think the Magic lost their attention to detail uh, and certainly let go of the rope. I thought there was some unfair criticism in that game, which I will discuss a little bit later on in the show. Um, but, you know, I, I think Steve Clifford kind of had the right tact. It's like, you know, you know, we didn't do a good enough job preparing them on offense to, 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 to attack what Charlotte did in, in some respects. Um, defense was fine uh, until the cam- until it just broke because the offense was just so bad. Um, 10 points in the, in the first quarter. 31 points uh, at halftime. It was 51-31. There were some boos in the Amway Center, which was was pretty fair. I think Orlando just did not do a good job reacting to the to the trouble, and and again, eventually the dam just burst, and they could not uh, hold it back any longer. Um, a game that you just flush, and, and I think it said a lot that the Magic came back on Saturday and played a much better game against the Philadelphia 76ers, taking as much as a 16-point lead in the first quarter. Orlando's defense was on point for the most part, especially early on in the game. Um, ball movement was a lot better. Player movement was a lot better. They learned their lesson. You can't be stagnant in this offense. You've got to move. You've got to find ways to create some some uh, defensive rotations and to force the defense to give you something. Uh, you got to have somebody just making something happen, and it's not going to come on the dribble with this team. It's going to be off the ball. It's going to be with player movement, um, cutting, screening, all the fun things that that... People don't like doing in pickup games, to be perfectly frank. Uh, and Orlando made some mid-range shots, and, and that helped them sustain their offense a little bit longer. Philadelphia, though, had the plan of attack. They really attacked the bench, and the bench uh, really had its first, I would say, bad game of the season where they really struggled to, to stem the tide. Their defense was was a little bit loose and lax as well. And Philadelphia came back and took the lead thanks to three-pointers from TJ McConnell, J.J. Redick, who had eight in the game, none bigger than that eighth one. And Joel Embiid, who broke out of his shooting slump and, and really just tore apart Muhammad Bamba and whatever the Magic defense threw at him. Uh, I think Orlando kept kind of kept single coverage on him. Um, and while they contested a lot of his shots, he, he made a lot of them too. So what are you going to do? But give the Magic credit for this in the second half of that game. Uh, and of course, they nearly won the game. They fought back. They fought back in such a huge way. Uh, it looked like Philadelphia was going to run away. I mean, I kind of thought at halftime... This is the Sixers winning big, you know, rather rather comfortably written all over it. But, you know, the lead stayed in the double digits for a good chunk of the third quarter, and then all of a sudden the Magic made their run. They made their their push to get back in the game. And with, what do you know, with about a minute 20 to play, Terrence Ross is hitting a mid-court heave to beat the shot clock buzzer and giving Orlando a one-point lead. I mean, I think the Orlando Sentinel quoted Evan Fournier as saying, you know, 
at that moment, we thought, we've got this. This is our game. And that's the kind of confidence you like to hear. But Orlando was unable to stem the tide completely. A really nice one-two play with Joel Embiid and, and J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick took a handoff from Joel Embiid. Embiid was able to set a screen on Terrence Ross. Redick got a pretty clean look at three. Ross was a little bit late um, as he set he set Ross up perfectly to come back and take the Embiid screen and dribble handoff. Um, and, and that gave Philadelphia a two-point lead. Aaron Gordon uh, goes to the foul line, makes the first free throw, misses the second. Orlando is able to get a jump ball off the rebound. Great fight from Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic. Uh, Nikola Vucevic wins the tip. Orlando draws up a play, and Terrence Ross, though, misses the three-pointer. A a relatively clean look. I was happy with the look and happy with the play design overall. Um, Misses the three-pointer, and Philadelphia escapes with a 116-115 to victory over the Orlando Magic. Again, um, a really nice bounce-back performance. I would say it, it was everything you could hope for from the Magic. They played a little bit better defense. Still got a little ways to go there. Their offense woke up. They had every chance to win the game. Certainly disappointing they did not win the game because they left it on the table with turnovers in the first quarter and second quarter and uh, the free throw that Gordon missed at the end of the game. Uh, and some def- some minor, uh, honestly, what I felt like were some minor defensive breakdowns, just little lapses of concentration. And and that's really uh, the key message that, that we'll talk about here in just a moment that the Magic had from this game, that, you know, they've got, I mean, their margin for error is very, very small. They've got to be fully locked in, especially in these big moments. And unfortunately, they weren't at that stage. Let's run through some final stats because there were some good ones to say here. Evan Fournier breaks out of his slump to, to score 31 points on 12 for 23 shooting, including six three-pointers. Nikola Vucevic with his second career triple-double, 27 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists to just two turnovers, 10 of 15 shooting. Vucevic has been a rock offensively, even against Charlotte. He was the guy the Magic could turn, could dump the ball into and, and generate at least a good look and get some points. Again, he was getting in the paint at least, and, and Orlando's doing a really good job playing their offense through him. When the offense plays through him, uh, it's really good because he's such a good passer, and, and especially with this offense, um, when it, it, this offense when it's working has a lot of cutting and off-ball movement. Vucevic is adept at finding them and, and using himself as a screen even when he has the ball. Um, so I, I'm really excited about what this offense can do when it gets fully revved up. I think the team is still kind of learning and feeling their way through it as, as evidenced by Friday's game. Aaron Gordon, also a strong game. 20 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 7 for 12 shooting, 3 blocks, 4 turnovers. We'll ignore those for now. Um, but Aaron Gordon, um, more than anything else, his defensive effort has been noticeably better this year. His his attention to detail on the glass has also been noticeably better. The stats bear that out. He's been a killer on the glass. He's been stealing rebounds from from uh, other from opponents, not teammates necessarily, um, and really digging out digging out boards. And, and I think Aaron has a lot to be happy with here through the first three games. Um, the record obviously not part of that, but uh, Orlando uh, getting a good good effort from him. He struggled a little bit offensively in the game against Charlotte. Probably didn't get enough looks. Settle, again, settling for mid range jumpers is a big issue with Aaron Gordon. But overall, a lot to be happy with with Aaron Gordon here early in the season, especially on the defensive end. Uh, Orlando shoots 45.6% from the floor, 16 for 29 from three, 17 for 22 from the foul line. Again, a big miss from Aaron Gordon. He had three of those five misses himself. Jonathan Isaac, the other two. Um, big, big miss from him at the end of the game that would have given Orlando a chance to 
to tie the game and, and potentially send it to overtime. But Orlando falls 116 to 115 to the Philadelphia 76ers. They're back in action Monday against the Boston Celtics, a team that is very, very good. You can tell they're going to be very, very good, but not quite at full force yet. There's still some hiccups with them. They're still turning the ball over a little bit. Um, their their defense is very, very good, but certainly lapses in attention there as well, and you can beat them a little bit in transition. Um, so if you're going to get Boston, now would be the time, especially on the road. So Orlando, um, I wouldn't say desperate for a win. You, you want to avoid going 1-3, and three, but um, uh, a, big, a big opportunity here for Orlando coming up Monday night. That game is at 7.30 uh, on NBA TV as well as Fox Sports Florida. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But, you know, like I said, and I kind of took this posture after the game, and, and so I'll, I'll, I'll cop to being guilty about guilty of this, and, and I am guilty of this, I, I, I believe. Um, my expectations were admittedly pretty low for the Magic, uh, entering especially these two games against Philadelphia and Boston. Um, any positive you can take from these opponents, from playing against these two teams, is a good thing for Orlando. Um, it, it, or at least that's, that's what I was telling myself. Especially coming off that loss to Charlotte, I just wanted to see how this team would respond, how this team would fight back to back, traveling overnight, home to road, getting blown out, um, you know, really struggling on offense. What was this team going to do? How is this team going to respond, especially without the benefit of a practice day in between? How are they going to? How would they prepare? How would they be ready for this game? And largely, Orlando passed that test. Um, yeah, there were moments in the second quarter, second quarter especially. When Orlando looked like they were going to get blown out of the gym, and 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 I was really concerned for them, uh, but they fought back. And I think what's important about you know kind of building the culture is, is those little things. How how do you conduct yourself when you lose too? Um, how how do you lose games? Do you lose games because you, you just don't have the talent? Do you lose games because you're lazy? You don't give effort? I think through honestly through three games, and I would even include the Charlotte game to some extent in this. Orlando's shown that they're gonna that they're gonna have the effort, that they're gonna they're gonna scrap a little bit, and and I don't know if we could say that fully about the last few years, so that's a start. It's not the finish, but it's a start. There are lapses though, and certainly uh, the last two losses have shown that that yes, the attention to detail isn't always firm. But I think we can say that that yes, this team is going to fight, and, and as long as the confidence is up, as long you know, you know, yeah, there might be some games like Friday night. I, I don't think that'll be the last time we see a game like Friday night's game where the offense just does not work. As long as the team keeps their attention to detail, they're going to give themselves a chance, and that's really all you can ask for. But it's under that guise. So I mean, generally. I left Philadelphia game feeling very good about the Magic, feeling much more sure that Friday was the anomaly and Saturday is going to be more like how this team plays from start to finish. Even even the laps in the second quarter, I, I think the Magic might have that happen a few times. They're, they're still a young team that consistency is going to be an issue. 
But generally, I like the fight. I like the scrap. I like the defensive intensity and, and energy for the most part. Although, you know, Philadelphia did have a good offensive game. Orlando's defensive rating, 119.6, is not going to cut it. But generally, I liked what the Magic did. Steve Clifford, though, is not about that life. That's not the kind of program he wants to build. That's not the kind of franchise he wants to coach. He is not about the moral victory. And, you know, I've said this through, and while I am willing to take moral victories because this is a young team and and it's early in the season, so you take positives where you can find them and build upon them and, and fix your weaknesses. I've always been one to say throughout this rebuild, and I'm sure I will say it again at some point this season, when you have the chance to win, I expect you to win. And yes, the Magic had the chance to win this game. My disappointment is that Aaron Gordon missed that free throw. My disappointment is that you know Terrence Ross was a little late to, to get over the screen on that play from Redick. And yeah, Nikola Vucevic was hanging back way too much, like, like he tends to do, and was unable to contest that three-pointer and make Redick's life hard with a one-point lead. So, yes, there is disappointment. We cannot leave this game thinking all is good. But Steve Clifford went a necessary step forward. As the new guy on the block, as the guy that is trying to establish something real here. After the game, he gave a an opening statement to his press conference and that was all he gave to the media. He said, quote, We played better. We should have won the game. We defended the whole game, but we had two huge mistakes. You can't make those mistakes on the road against a good team. So whatever. We played better, but that's not what this thing's about. There's a game right there that was meant to be won with plays to be made. But you have to make them. End quote. There is the acknowledgement that the Magic play better. But the curse of playing better is that the result that you desire is right in front of you. And yes, the Magic can point to themselves and say, we're the reason we lost this game. Yeah, Philadelphia made the plays to win it. Don't take anything away from Philadelphia. They... Again, it looked like it looked like both teams had opportunity to run away with this one. So don't take anything away from Philadelphia in this game. But what's important to note, what's important to remember, is the Magic are trying to establish a winning culture. For whatever that word is worth. I know Jeff Weltman doesn't like that word. The Magic are trying to establish a way of being, an expectation and a way of playing. And in Game 3 of the NBA regular season, Steve Clifford is essentially saying, you play better, but better is not good enough. And you know, those of you that were on the court, you know that you could have done something better. That you did leave something on the court. And on this team, in this program, in this franchise, 
That is unacceptable. I'm sure that was part of the message after Wednesday's win. Because the Magic had an eight-point lead and did not close that game out strong. They missed free throws. They gave Miami every opportunity to win that game. And the Heat didn't make the plays that night. Orlando celebrated the win. Everyone was happy, at least in the Magic Kingdom. This time, the Magic weren't able to make those plays. And not only were they able to make those plays, the opportunities were there for them to do the same things they've done over and over and over again. And they failed to capitalize. That is a much different problem to have, of course. And maybe, perhaps, over the last few years, it's been okay. Not that it's been excused, but it's been okay for that to happen. Or the coach would say, you know, yes, in the small picture, this thing went wrong. But look at the big picture. We played better, and if we do that again, put ourselves in a position to win, we will win next time. Instead, the message Steve Clifford is sending now, and again, in game three of this 82-game journey, the message Steve Clifford is saying right now is no. The big picture is about winning. And yeah, we've got to do all that other stuff that got us to that point. But when the chips are down, those little plays matter. What you do in minute two has to be the same in minute 47. And if you lose focus through fatigue or whatever, in minute 47, minute two is irrelevant. Minute two has to be the same as minute 47, no matter what. And yeah, I'm someone that would tell you the last two minutes of a game are not any more important than the first two minutes of a game. I I don't believe in quote-unquote clutch. Win the first quarter so the fourth quarter doesn't matter. They all every every moment matters. Everything builds up to it. But yes, winning comes down to making plays and executing late in games. And right now, Steve Clifford is making sure that message gets sent. This isn't the same old team. You've got to keep your focus and you got to play to the final whistle with the intensity and attention to detail that is necessary to win. And that's really what Steve Clifford is trying to teach here. Before we move on to uh, our next to our final topic here, I want to remind you that um, that yes, Orlando City season is over. They won. Orlando City won. Woo! Now we can all just focus on the magic, right? Orlando City's home season is done. Put your purple away, unless you're cheering for Northwestern. Definitely keep your purple out for that. Put your purple away for the for the fall and the winter. They'll be back in March. Don't worry. And get your blue out. Because the Orlando Magic season is already underway. And yes, a home game this Thursday against Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and the Portland Trailblazers awaits you. And if you're trying to get to that game, the only place to go to get tickets, or really the only place you should go to get tickets, is vividseats.com. 
With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving, giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase on Vivid Seats is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. I'm going to venture now a little bit into some hot take territory. and Or maybe, maybe this isn't a hot take, but it's certainly an unpopular take. And it's one that I'll probably hedge a little bit on and, and, and be a little equivocating on, but I, I think it's important to equivocate on this because every argument I've heard on this matter that I'm about to discuss is valid, is correct, and is eventually what's going to happen. But it's not where we're at today. And I think it's something that I've, I've talked about in the past. I think I even talked about it a little bit Friday. But it's something that bears reminding, especially as we go through this season. Nikola Vucevic is not at the heart of the Magic's problems. Nikola Vucevic is not the reason the Magic gave up an eight-point lead against the Miami Heat on Wednesday. He is not the reason, or wholly the reason at least, why Kemba Walker went off and the Charlotte Hornets rammed through the Orlando Magic. And he is certainly not the reason the Orlando Magic lost to the Philadelphia 76ers. In fact, against Philadelphia, he was the very reason the Magic stayed in that game. Nikola Vucevic, in other words, should not and is not the scapegoat for this team. He is. He's become a symbol of the Magic's futility over the last six years, and it's, you know, something that, you know, he's hinted at a little bit when he's been asked about his legacy in a Magic uniform. And yes, Nikola Vucevic is one of the greatest Magic players of all time. I'm not going to sit here and put a rank on him quite yet, but he is certainly a top 10 all-time Magic player for longevity alone, for production alone, he's in that conversation. We're not etching him in Mount Rushmore, but Nikola Vucevic should be in the Magic Hall of Fame when he retires. I'm not hanging nine in the rafters, mind you, but he's been an invaluable part of this franchise for a very, very long time. And a productive long time, not just, you know, Pat Garrity long time. And so, this season has a whiff of change about it. And especially when it comes to Nick Vucevic. 
He's on an expiring contract, which everyone knows. The Magic drafted a center in Mohamed Bamba, who, yes, will eventually be the starter. And yes, Mo Bamba looked mighty impressive Wednesday night in the opener against the Miami Heat. Mighty impressive. But that doesn't mean he's ready. And as the last two games have shown, he is not ready. He hasn't replicated that strong performance from Wednesday night. He didn't make a shot Friday against Charlotte. He looked pretty good against Philadelphia, but not great. Joel Embiid, as he does for a lot of players, just worked him. And while Nikola Vucevic has his defensive shortcomings, he handled Embiid a lot better than Bamba did. Bamba is a rookie, and he looks every bit the part of it. And so my argument throughout the whole summer is, until Bamba's ready, Nikola Vucevic is extremely valuable to the Magic. As a quality starting center, and yes, he is a quality starting center, who can hold the boat steady and still give your team the best chance to win. That much is certainly true on the offensive end as much as anything else. He is the guy the Magic can give the ball to in the post and get easy baskets. He is the guy the team can rely on for consistent offense, consistent production, and consistent play. They know exactly what they're going to get from Nikola Vucevic every night. And yeah, a second career triple-double shows that his game, at least on the offensive end, is multifaceted and yeah, can make up for some of his defensive shortcomings. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Nikola Vucevic doesn't have those shortcomings. I'm not going to sit here and say that no, the Magic shouldn't trade Nikola Vucevic or the Magic should re-sign him. I don't believe that. It's abundantly clear to me that his time is coming. That yes, the end of his career with the Orlando Magic is nearing. But that doesn't mean he isn't important today. And as I think Sunday's game showed against Philadelphia, he can still tear it up. As as Saturday's game against Philadelphia showed, his offensive skills make the Magic work. And yes, he can elevate the Magic's offense in a lot of ways when they play through him. In a way that Bamba can't. Certainly not yet, and maybe not really ever. They're two totally different players on that end. I think Vucevic was unfairly criticized for the the defense on Friday night. A lot of people confusing a, a lack of effort with playing the scheme, frankly. The Magic are dropping their centers on pick and rolls. They want the guard to get over the screen and pressure, pressure, them, pressure the guard to drive, the ball handler to drive, into the paint where the center can crowd and recover. And I think often, while Vucevic is not a great defender and, and I think drops a little too far, too conservative with his drops, often when we see Vucevic stuck in no man's land trying to decide whether to tag, tag the roller or guard the ball handler, I think it's because the ball handler's defender 
isn't getting around the screen quick enough. Vucevic, to be frank, I think has been much better defensively this year than, than really at any point. He's shown some really strong defense, and it comes and goes. It's not consistent enough, and that's ultimately why Bamba's, are going, to, Bamba's going to start at some point. But it's not yet. And I think it's silly to just blanket blame Vucevic for all the team's problems because that's not true. Augustin has really struggled on both sides of the ball all season long so far through three games. Orlando's defense has been good when it's locked in. But yeah, it's had its struggles this year. They're still getting it down. You can tell it's not quite second nature for them. And that includes Vucevic. Vucevic does have a ceiling. We're not deny- I'm not denying that. I'm not ignoring that. But I think in all the frustration over where the Magic are and, and how they've developed and how they've stagnated, I think through all that frustration, we forget all the good that Vucevic does and how important Vucevic is to this team's offense. Does it outweigh the defense? Maybe not. Probably not. But Vucevic still provides a lot that this team needs. And seeing as how poorly the offense had played on Friday, taking him out of the lineup just to take him out of the lineup at this point before Bamba's ready, Birch certainly isn't a starter caliber center or as good of a center as Vucevic is. Taking that away, honestly, I think hurts the magic more. I'm not going to sit here and try and convince you that the Magic should re-sign Vucevic to a long-term deal this summer. I don't believe that. I'm not going to sit here and try and convince you that the Magic are a good defensive team with Vucevic on the floor. I can't do that. But I will ask, and I will say, think about how important Vucevic is to making the Magic's offense work. And just how bad things would be without him. Don't ever say the guy doesn't try. The guy tries. He may not have the ability to be a a great defender, but he tries. And just know that, yes, the inevitable is coming. It's not here yet. Nor should it be here yet. Because Bamba is not ready to start. Bamba is not ready for more than the role he's been given so far. He has yet to replicate that effort from Wednesday night. He's impressive. He's very good. He's done a great job. But he's got a long way to go. And until then, Nikola Vucevic remains the team's best option. And he's showing that every single night so far this season. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_omd, And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll have a look at the next step from Muhammad Bamba as he continues to develop coming up on the site later today. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. We'll have a complete recap of the Orlando Magic's game against the Boston Celtics on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time. 
for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.